1: this is at the turn it's time for discussion and interviews about
0: the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else here are your hosts nick heidelberger and joe simons four middle-aged men played golf in florida and the world was captivated including nick and myself hello welcome in to at the turn this is a all the match Two episode of at the turn Nick I know I was very excited over the four plus hours we had a chance to watch Tiger Woods Phil Mickelson Peyton Manning and Tom Brady strike golf shots at Tiger's home club in
1: Florida how did you feel about it I had a roller coaster of emotions Joe I mean there was definitely some highs there was definitely some lows um To be honest, all day, I was dreading having to watch this because it's such a beautiful day. And the last thing I wanted to do was at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, just finish everything I wanted to do to enjoy my weekend and sit on the couch and watch golf. It's like 70 degrees and sunny outside.
0: Yeah, it was beautiful here in Portland, too. Lacey did all the yard work and was a productive member of society. I retreated to the couch at approximately 11.55 a.m. and did not
1: move for about six hours. I also... Looked it up earlier this week, and Google told me that the the match started at 2 o'clock Eastern. (laughs) So this whole time, I'm thinking it starts at 2. So I plan my day to get everything done at 2. At 2 o'clock, I go go to the TV. Then it's going to start at 3. I'm like, okay. I go call my mom, whatever. Come back at 3. It's pouring rain. They're still in the range. I'm like, when is this thing actually going to start? Like, I could have had two more hours of my day. So it went from dreading having to watch this. By the time it actually teed off I was so negative on this thing It was tough It was, it was tough to bounce back from But there was definitely some moments Where I was really glad That uh, I was watching So it was
0: a long pregame I think it teed off At about 12.52 Pacific time Which was 52 minutes after the Start time that I saw I, I saw a noon Pacific start So if you'll bear with me I kind of want to take you chronologically through what happened. So we retreated to a very traditional golf pregame show where sponsors were talked to, players were out on the range. There were some interviews. Some fun things happened. Um, the fir- the, the, I have a list of notes. The very first note that I have on my sheet is Phil looks fit. Phil's looking trim and good to go at age
1: 49. Phil looks good for sure. I mean, he's a professional athlete, Joe. <laughs> that, that, that should not be <laughs> newsworthy. No,
0: that's fair. Um, when they went down the range and they were talking to each of the golfers, they talked to Tom Brady, and Amanda Balionis brought up the fact that Tom played 18 this morning. Tom, really? Tom Brady played 18 holes at this golf course this morning, so you figured, oh, he's ready to go. And we'll get into Brady's front nine a little bit later. It was a very long pregame show. But what was fun is they showed some of the highlights, so the match was on Sunday, and they showed some of the Saturday stuff, talking about some of the contests they were going to have, the KPs, the long drives, and Phil talking shit on Saturday to Tiger. <laughs> Phil, of course, his like, whole thing over the past two years is just, I don't really care what I shoot, I hit bombs, baby, okay? I just hit bombs now. And Tiger is saying, oh, I, I can't hit it as far as you, Phil. And Phil, with a great line, just said, hey, Tiger, I'm three weeks away from Champions Tour eligibility. You're not going to hit it? <laughs> You're not going to hit it past me? I thought that was brilliant. That was one of my favorite lines of the whole
1: thing. Oh, I completely missed that. I didn't, I didn't take it off mute until they actually hit the first tee shot. Mm,
0: that's too bad. So you did not see Ernie Johnson's little two-and-a-half-minute piece that he had? Nope. So I haven't seen it posted And I won't do it justice, so I'm not really going to get into it too much. But if anyone out there can find they – so Brian Anderson, who's kind of the B squad for Turner Sports and their broadcasting, was doing the event. And they addressed the idea – because Chuck was out there, Charles Barkley, so you figure Ernie Johnson's going to be there. He does the TNT golf. (laughs) He's the number one guy for TNT, obviously. And So they throw it to Ernie Johnson, and he does this three-minute piece that was the most eloquent – appropriate-toned commentary on COVID-19 that I'd seen anybody do. It struck every chord properly. There was no political bent one way or another. And basically, there was effusive praise for him online. And I haven't seen it replayed since, but the reaction from everything I saw on Twitter was my reaction as well. Basically, this was the best commentary anyone's had on COVID so far. So I really hope Turner puts it up. It was flawlessly done. For those that don't know, Ernie Johnson has a son who is in his early 30s, who is severely disabled. He has never been able to breathe without the aid of a ventilator. So, Ernie Johnson basically making the decision I'm not going to go to this event because I want a 0% chance of bringing this into my home for my son, who is extremely high risk. He discussed that. Basically, COVID at large, the decisions that we all have to make on a daily basis is it worth it? Is it not? How much risk is out there? No one knows anything. I feel like I know something, but is my perspective, the correct perspective on things. It was just perfectly done. So I really hope Turner Sports puts it up. It was just the best thing I've seen. And it was almost a shame that they did it in the pregame show because I wonder if – More people would have seen it if they would have put it in the middle of the match. But I also understand that decision from Turner's perspective, because you don't really want to bring down the momentum of Tiger just talking shit to everybody for four hours. (laughs) So I get that. But I highly recommend if it is out there, if you can find it, if we see it, we'll tweet it and put it out there. But it was just extraordinary and the best commentary I've seen so far on COVID-19. So that apart, Nick, we'll distance ourselves in the pregame show, get right into the golf. The story of the front nine, there was just one, and it was (laughs) tb 12. The best tweet I saw about it was someone just tweeted tb 120. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Jason Gay of the Wall Street Journal, fantastic sports writer. But I've never seen Twitter so excited to dump on someone as hard as they were for Tom Brady and his golf game. The handicaps were out there and put public. Tom Brady came in as an eight handicap and. For the first six holes, he looked like a 27, 28 handicap.
1: It was awful golf, man. I mean, he <laughs> – so relatable. But <laughs> he just <laughs> couldn't keep it on the golf course. And it was like every single shot, he's like – it was like – it was kind of awkward. And Amen. then he's, he's asking – it was like the third or fourth hole in a row where he's put it out of play. And he's like trying to get clarification – I'm like, the, the red penalty area situation. I'm like, first of all, anybody, any golfer should know this. If you call yourself a single-digit handicap, clearly you should know this. And if you've just hit the last 10 shots off the golf course, you definitely should know how to address a red freaking penalty marker. And he's like, well, I don't see a red line. And he's like, see those red stakes? Draw an invisible red line between those red stakes, and that's the red line. Like, I don't know. I was just like, I could not believe what I was watching at this point in time. And I'm like, why is Tom Brady calling himself an 8 handicap? Like, if he just wants to say, I'm a 15, I'm a 20, whatever, nobody's going to fault you for that. Like, you're the only person who is an active professional athlete in a sport other than golf right now. So, like he said, I'm trying to win Super Bowls. No problem. You don't need to maintain a single-digit handicap, like, if you're trying to win Super Bowls. So, nobody's going to blame you. Clearly, he's got this vanity cap in the single digits, which he has no chance of playing to it. It was just it was just very kind of awkward to watch him not be able to keep the ball in play for for nine consecutive holes.
0: It it was. And I won't go so far as to say Tom Brady became a sympathetic character because he wasn't sympathetic to me, but it basically got to a point where here's this charity event and America is donating. Every like famous person is donating money. If Tom Brady continues to suck on the golf course. So Brooks Kepka put a tweet out that they had on the broadcast. Hey, Tom, I'll donate $100,000 to charity if you can make a par on the front nine. Just, just, just make a par. And this is continuing. They show a Sean Payton tweet, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Oh, I'm really liking this Florida Tom Brady that we got out here. <laughs> we're just talking mess, having a great time. Tom's falling apart. And then all of a sudden, because all the players were obviously mic'd up, they had earpieces so they could hear what the commentators were saying. Chuck. Charles Barkley gets gets in Tom Brady's ear and starts talking shit.
1: Charles it's, Barkley, notoriously like the worst celebrity golfer ever, yes. is asking how many strokes he's going to give Tom Brady one hole.
0: match. Yeah, it's amazing. So Tom gets to a par three. Chuck, and this is probably the fifth hole. So Tom is really hacking it up at this point. I mean, to say how many over par he was, I, I would I would say conservatively he was probably like six over through four holes. Tom is standing on this par three. Chuck's like, hey, Tom, I'll give you 50 grand. I'll donate 50 grand to charity if you hit it on the green. And he misses it 50 yards to the right. He's not even close. (laughs) I'm thinking, oh, my God, poor Tom Brady. So Tom Brady misses that. On the next hole, Tom Brady's hacking it out. He's laying three from, like, a buck 50 on a par five. And Chuck is just talking shit in Tom Brady's ear. I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to get even worse for this guy. Brady hits a wedge, the mic falls off, and you're like, oh no, where did this thing go? And it got to the green and it lay it bounces, it lands 10 feet beyond the hole and sucks back into the jar. I yelled so loud. Lacey was outside. She said, Someone better have made a hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty damn close. That was, I mean, say what you want about Tom Brady. That was an incredible golf shot. It it speaks so much to golf that Tom Brady makes an eagle putt holes out from 140 and loses four sleeves of balls during the round of golf. Like that is such a typical round of golf. I thought it was extraordinary that
1: shot. It was. I I thought it was fake for at least like 30 seconds. I'm like when are they going to show the real shot? Like but but come on guys, I get we're having fun here, but when are they going to show the real shot? Um no, it was it was so it was it was humanizing. Like I put up my notes. Like it was fun to see regular golfers play golf on tv you know like where people who are professional golfers would hit the ball and like the struggles that they go through because it's so watching golf on tv can be it's just not relatable so it was fun to watch and peyton i was very impressed with peyton yeah let's it brought, brought his game i mean on the par threes i know like phil was give him a lot of shit for it, but he stuffed it. I want to probably say on all four par threes. I know he made at least one bird, two birdies, Um, but he, he was very impressive. I mean, obviously he hit it into uh, whatever you call the, the sand. I mean, it, it was so no rough. It was just like fairway and then sand waste, waste, waste bunkers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, he had his fair share of misses, but his, uh, his good shots were impressive.
0: Yeah. The thing about Peyton that lazy to believe he's a much better golfer than Tom Brady is, Peyton's got one shot, right? Peyton plays a low draw. That was his shot the entire day. And, and Tom was kind of everywhere. And I thought Peyton acquitted himself quite nicely. He rolled in a natural birdie on the front side, like you mentioned on the par 3. Um, and on the back side <laughs> I got to get to my boy Russ real quick. On the back side, did you see Russell Wilson's appearance? Yes. On the broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I'm not going to get into it too much, but Russell Wilson is a big, fake, phony baloney. He's he's a great quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from his football game. He is a – I think he's, frankly, underrated. I think he's one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFL, has been all decade, but he is the biggest phony baloney on God's green earth. So he comes out of the broadcast – on when, when the golfer's on the 16th hole This is the make a hole in one For $25 million hole And Phil's been chattering about this the whole day He wants to donate $25 million to charity And Russ comes on the broadcast and he said Guess what BA, guess what Brian Anderson I'm going to donate 100,000 meals 100,000 meals to any golfer Who gets it inside of 12 feet Tom Brady steps up <laughs> Hits it to about 8 feet Stiff Russ is like okay cool, that's, that's great, I love it That's so good Phil walks up there, he stuffs it to about six feet. Oh, OK, cool, 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 cool. Peyton gets up there. He <laughs> knocks it to about 20 inches. And you can see Russ's face kind of like he's, he's you know, try, he knows a camera's on him. So he's still trying to mm-hmm. feign excitement. But it's kind of like the color has drained from his face.
1: <laughs> I'm valuing these at like five bucks a meal. I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking like, you know, I'm like, 100,000 meals is probably $500,000. Yeah. And and, and Joe, just to pause you where you're at, these three guys stuff it and you still got Tiger with. Yeah. No, I know. You got
0: Tiger. I'm like, holy shit. Is Tiger going to make an ace and that's going to be 50 million meals from Russ? Well, Tiger hit a quote unquote bad shot because the other three were so good. Hit it to about, I don't know, 25, 30 feet. But I just thought it was so funny that that Russ's face was on camera as money was coming out of his pocketbook. (laughs) It It was brilliant. But to get back to Peyton, I was really impressed with his golf game to a degree, but the level of comfortability that he showed the entire round. Like, Tom was very stiff and pissed off, as you can imagine, playing that bad early on. Peyton's first tee shot – Peyton's first couple shots weren't good either. Peyton got off to a bad start. But Peyton seemed loosey-goosey, and I don't know this, but I wonder if Peyton has played this course more than Tom Brady has. Because they made a point of mentioning how much golf Tiger and Peyton had played together, right? So I wonder if that was the factor or if Peyton is just like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm in all these commercials. I don't really care. I'm Peyton Manning.
1: I'm loosey-goosey. But I, I thought he played great. No, he was very impressive. I mean, I think, the, honestly, the biggest differentiator between Peyton and Tom Brady is that Tom Brady is still an NFL quarterback. And he's not only an NFL quarterback, but he's fighting against the odds. I mean, at his age and at this point in his career to try to stay on top of the game. And now he's with a new team and who knows how that transition is going with all this COVID stuff. I mean, his golf game is just not a priority. Pete Manning, all he's got is golf, man. So, I mean, I think that's probably the biggest thing in five years when, when Tom's been out of the league for a little while, let's do it again and see how they do. Because I mean, Tom's played an uphill battle. There's no way this is anywhere near his top ten priorities right now.
0: No, definitely not. I, I just have to throw this out there because I'm going to forget it if I don't. Uh, Tom Brady is the guy in your group who doesn't know how to social distance. Like he was coming in for the bumps. There was a few times when Tom was trying to get some reads and Phil like had to back up slowly away from him because he was getting too close. He's going in for the fist bump and the high five. Tom. I don't think has done any social distancing whatsoever. <laughs> he doesn't care at all. He's down in Florida to the belly of the beast. That was just my impression. So from I, Tiger, okay.
1: Oh, oh, I was just going to say Tom Brady, I had to the first the first tee, uh, the first green, Tom Brady's marking his ball with a tee first of all. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Seems like the guy was unprepared. Like t- somebody should be putting a, a coin in Tom Brady's pocket before this match begins. First of all, second of all, Phil keeps giving Brady on the front nine all these reads, and at the at, at a certain point, I'm like, you should just stop because it's embarrassing how far off he's hitting it from your reads. At least let him. At least let it look like he's just misreading it or mishitting it, not just can't even come close to where Phil's telling him exactly where to hit it. Yeah, the best.
0: So Tiger, I thought was extraordinary, and not only his golf, but his shit talking today. The best moment is when. <laughs> Tom, I think it's a par five. Tom Brady hits one of the <laughs> woods. Tom Brady reloads, <laughs> and he hits it into the woods again. And Tiger walking to his cart just drops a oh good shot, Tom. I think it's over on seven. <laughs> <And> just gets <laughs> in his cart and walks away. At what That's, point did Brady put his driver away? He didn't have the driver the whole round. That's a great the, point. He didn't. And he, nothing I didn't shows notice at the beginning lack of confidence in your game. I'm sorry, Nick. Nothing shows a lack of confidence in – nothing shows a lack of confidence in your game, like putting the driver away in your bag. And I'm so sorry to do that to you, but that's what it means, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, you just get to a point when you're like, under no circumstances is this coming out. And you know when they get – well, first of all, Tiger called them out because Brady pulled out the three-wood. And Tiger goes, is this a par five? <laughs> And yeah, then and- on the back nine, they get to the long drive hole yes. and Brady pulls it out again. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is bad. Like, sure, I've been there, Joe. I've I've lived about a, a lot of my life there, but none of that was on national television.
0: No. And to give Brady some credit, he did win the long drive technically by that one was, yard over. Peyton no, he
1: May. did, which was unbelievable, which just just I don't know <laughs> the fact that. 221 beats 220 on the long drive with a 3-wood. I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough.
0: Peyton Manning is 6'5", 260. How much did he mishit that driver for it to only go 220? He's 260? Yeah, you saw that gut, baby. He's, he's, no he's big right now. Let me. What do you think Peyton Manning weighs?
1: I bet he's like 225.
0: 25. Let's see if Google's going to give it to me. It will real research right here. It's not going to give it to
1: me. Two hundred and sixty is big. Like two hundred and sixty is like, whoa, what happened to Peyton? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what do you think Peyton is then? Two hundred and twenty-five. I put it between two hundred and twenty-five to What do you weigh? One seventy? 170, like One seventy-five?
0: Yeah, that's what I weigh. I'm five nine. Stretch me out a couple of uh, <laughs> you know a foot or so. <laughs> you add a hundred pounds, you got Peyton Manning, right? Hall of fame quarterback. <laughs>
1: Ugh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to cast and wait.
0: <laughs> so, one of my favorite parts of this whole deal was the broadcast. Mm. And I think a lot of these made for TV events are sort of awkward. They don't really hit the right notes, they treat it like a normal PGA Tour event instead of opening it up and having fun. The addition of Charles Barkley and Justin Thomas on this event were extraordinary strokes. I don't know if I've heard Chuck on a golf event, and he's—look, he's, he's going to be a plus to anything you put him on. He's, he's naturally funny, but I also thought he wasn't trying just to crack jokes, but because he is such an avid golfer and, like you said, a famously terrible golfer, he was asking a lot of great follow-up questions— to actual golf analysis like when trevor Immelman would say something poignant chuck would follow it up with a good question you can tell he's played a lot of golf with justin thomas they kind of had that rapport back and forth they had the auburn alabama
1: thing going yeah, the on sec stuff was great because yeah. you had the three sec guys they're ragging on alabama which like no offense our alabama fans but who in the country can't get in on ragging on alabama a little bit
0: yeah, and there was a crack made at Justin Thomas's expense. And, you know, I, I think Peyton Manning was like, oh, well, he went to Alabama. And Tiger just paused and was like, yeah, he didn't graduate. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can't, I can't take advice from an Alabama alum. Like, oh, he didn't graduate. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was so fun. But you expect Charles Barkley. You expect a certain level from Chuck. But Justin Thomas, this was his first television broadcast. And he was, dare I say, better than every on-course reporter working right now, with the exception of David Faraday. He had the credibility of being Tiger Woods' president's cu- partner where he could call him Eldrick, call him T-Dub, like make fun of him, tell him to shut up when he was trying to analyze someone else's shot, and basically like talk mess about Phil when Phil is talking about like analyzing a shot from a long distance and JT is just like, why don't you hit a fairway, old man? <laughs> like all that stuff was so good. Justin Thomas, I think, frankly – is the big winner coming out of this event. He's still in his twenties, and I think he's gonna have his run of any broadcasting job that he wants. If he said to CBS right now, you can pay me $15 million a year to replace Faldo, you put me in the booth with Nance, they'd be insane to say no. I was
1: so impressed with Justin Thomas's ability. No, I think I think the broadcast was perfect. I mean it's We have to appreciate it's hard to get this right because with the first match, I mean, you see some of the timing errors where our broadcasters talking over the live mics, how serious are they trying to take it, how much are they trying to basically force feed, you know, making it important versus how much are they just kind of joking around. I felt like we were watching if these four and Justin Thomas and Charles Barkley were just out there and there were no cameras, I feel like we were watching... More of a live look at what that would really look like than in any other broadcast before. And Justin Thomas, you nailed it. I mean, he has that credibility where he can offer expertise and in, in, in talk knowledgeably about what kind of shots they're hitting, and talk about the course, and talk about the conditions, and what that's gonna how that's gonna affect him. And also, you know, have a little fun, be sarcastic, crack jokes on people, and, and keep it light. So I thought that I thought the broadcast, the whole entirety of it was was really well done for sure.
0: And I want to keep talking about the match in a second, but this sort of brings me to the inevitability of PGA Tour golf coming back. I mean, we're recording this Memorial Day weekend. PGA Tour golf is going to come back in just a couple of weeks. Roy McIlroy has said he's going to play all three events that are coming up in June. There's not going to be any fans. I doubt it's going to happen, but it would almost seem to me to be essential to the quality of the broadcast when you're not having fans to mic at least a half dozen to a dozen golfers during the course of the round, not so much of the shit talking, because that's not going to happen during a PGA tour event. But when I'm watching a golf event, the most interesting conversations are always happening between the player and their caddy. Mm -hmm. And if we are able to hear those, those mic'd up conversations, I really think you can pull off a high quality broadcast even in the area of COVID.
1: Yeah. I think micing the players might be tough because, I mean, as you saw, like Tom Brady, the whole, the whole round, people's mics are falling and they had two packs strapped to their belt, which, which I was a little bit surprised. It seemed a little bit clunky to me, but that being said, I know the caddies are already carrying enough with those huge staff bags But Mike, the caddy, you're still going to get those conversations. You're going to get any, you know, which is really what you need out of, you know, out of miking somebody who's inside the ropes. So that would be. I mean, essentially, it's the same. It's the same purpose. But yeah, that would add a ton. It's going to be interesting watching golf without fans and kind of seeing how they still create that intensity and that importance. Yeah, and it's it. it I guess it's not even just the miking of
0: caddies and players. Like I don't know. It, it. I'm I'm sure it's on way too late for you, but I was up a little late yesterday and. The KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization, like that's become like sort of the thing of live sports now because it's an organization where they're doing it without the fans. It's got a very loyal following in Korea, and they're broadcasting those games on ESPN using ESPN announcers. And I was watching one of those broadcasts yesterday, and they brought in Eric Thames, who was a player for the Milwaukee Brewers. He was the 2015 KBO MVP. And they were doing this sort of hybrid of... Entertainment with talking about him and what it's like in Korea and some players over there while also simultaneously showing the sport that was active on the screen. And it just feels like there is this really good opportunity for the PGA (coughs) Tour and golf in general to experiment with the entertainment aspect of their product. And I really worry that because golf is what it is and there is this seemingly reluctant attitude toward any sort of experimentation with the broadcast that they're not going to do it. But bringing in someone like a Charles Barkley, bringing in folks from other athletes, bringing in Tony Romo, bringing in other people who have broadcast experience or just really good personalities on a golf broadcast, even if it's just one of those weird two box Zoom calls on the right side of your screen while you're watching golf happen. I think that's what they need to try to do. And perhaps that's in the works. But I think that's the way that you can make golf broadcasts entertaining and different because you can't, to kind (laughs) of speak to a cliche, we're not going to go back to the way things were, at least for a long time. You have to find a way to be adaptable to the COVID world, which is a golf tournament without fans. So I think a very effective way to do that would be to bring in personalities who aren't necessarily those you think of with golf. But bring in other people, entertainers, bring in Justin Timberlake for a round.
1: He's a big golfer. He's an entertaining guy. You know what I mean? Do you think that in a professional event like the Travelers Championship, like, do you think that's appropriate when it's when there's actually something on the line that to to have Charles Barkley cracking jokes on on whoever it is? Or I mean, I, I feel like it's one thing when it's Tom Brady who can't hit a green to donate $50,000 to COVID relief. But it's another thing when it's Roy McIlroy on the 17th hole the, on Sunday with a tournament on the line. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that might be, I don't know. I don't know how well received that would be. I do
0: think it's okay because I think we as golf fans are so conditioned to the way we're supposed to view golf and look at golf. And Charles Barkley is on. <clears throat> it's not like Charles Barkley is broadcasting. He wouldn't, when NBA games are thrown back to Chuck at halftime or post game, it's not like he's analyzing exhibition games. Charles Barkley is analyzing the biggest basketball games that are happening in the world, literally in the world. And his opinion and his thoughts are the most respected because he doesn't pull punches. He's not sitting there giving you a sugar-coated answer. And even if it's not necessarily Charles Barkley, someone who has the actual guts to sit there and say the things that golf fans are thinking part of the reason why the Tom Brady meltdown was so entertaining today is because Charles Barkley was there and he was laughing. Charles Barkley was laughing at the shots. Tom Brady was hitting yeah, and it was but it's great because He's we not a
1: professional golfer. If right. it's Ian Poulter melting Hilarious. down or Sergio Garcia, sure, we're all chuckling to ourselves in our living rooms, but that's their profession. That's and how that's, they make a living.
0: Yes. I can understand and appreciate that. I just don't think you're going to be able to put a product that is quality as you can with fans in attendance – as you would without fans in attendance if you don't have some other sort of element. Now, I do know that people are going to be excited to watch any sort of live golf and any sort of live sports, but I think a fatigue factor will come into play if you don't have some sort of new effervescent element to it. And I think this should be a lesson to these companies, especially CBS, which traditionally has the most boring broadcasts. There's an opportunity to really – change the way they do things, and I hope they take advantage of it. This should be a lesson. This was very well received. In your mind, do you think that this could have been received and done better than it was today?
1: No. For what they had to work with, I th- I think give them an A. I think they, they did great. And I don't disagree on the broadcast being like, this is an opportunity for a shakeup. For sure. I agree with that. But I would be cautious about following the, the formula that they used for today for something for an actual PGA tour event. I don't know that that same formula would work. I, I'm sure there are certain things, like you said, miking up those player caddy conversations or bringing in different personalities. But I don't think you can try to apply that same tone of like four guys just out playing for some money and having some fun and, you know, ribbing each other to a PGA tour event. That's, actually like your season starting again. So
0: if we can switch gears, I love the whole idea of what this was. I had heard that this was Tiger's home course and I hadn't really put two and two together of what that would mean in a match format. But basically, (laughs) Tiger just invited his greatest golf rival and two of the best football players the last 20 years To his home course for a charity event. I just think that's a stroke of genius. Tiger could go out there and, with probably one leg, shoot 65 on this golf course. And
1: he looked good, man. He was hitting fairways. Yeah, we need to talk about Tiger. He looked great. Tiger, out out of all of what happened today, the lead that is being buried is Tiger looks really good. Like, Tiger looks with really driver. Good. He Oof. hit almost every fairway. He got almost every green. He was he, – I didn't really see him miss a shot. He, he looked really good.
0: Yeah. Tiger looked great today. I'm very encouraged for him coming back. the, if Masters, the Masters were tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, that's oh. what's going to be so interesting is, you know, looking ahead to the Masters – they gear that place toward a very specific weekend in April. I'm fascinated to know and understand what kind of golf course is going to be present in November. I have no idea what kind of golf course Augusta is in November. I'm sure Tiger's going to figure out. Tiger probably knows. Tiger, I'm sure, has played that place in the winter before. I'm just excited that Tiger is at the top of his game. I hope we see him over the next several months. He's got 82 PG at tour wins Nick Inching towards 90. I can't wait.
1: Um so I made a list of some people that I would like to see or maybe I would rather see in if, in these matches. Well, first of all, can we talk about fabulous. the format the format real quick? I I would have liked it to be a little bit more Tiger versus Phil. Like I get having the amateur partners, but I was going into it thinking there was going to be Tiger versus Phil was the primary thing we're watching. And then also on the sidebar, here's where the team matches score. You know, here's where those stand. We never once got a Tiger versus Phil head-to-head comparison, even though the first nine holes, they were all playing their own ball. So for me, that was a little bit disappointing. I would have liked to see probably four ball throughout the entire thing and that way you have a head-versus-head Tiger-Phil score and also the team match, which can be kind of a, an undercard.
0: Interesting. I, I actually liked the format because I thought that it allowed the four golfers to just, like you said, play their own ball on the front nine. And then the back nine, the emphasis, I thought, was a little more on Tiger and Phil because they played modified alternate shot where off the tee they were all hitting a tee shot but presumably you're going to take Tiger and Phil more often unless Brady and Manny will hit the ball in the fairway because you want Tiger and Phil hitting yeah, the you approach want them in.
1: Hitting it in yeah. I actually thought it was a pretty good format because. In that sense, it kept me engaged because yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, Peyton really needs to hit the fairway here because you want Tiger hitting it in I, all that. I get, but I just felt like going into the thing, like by the 16th hole, I'm, I don't need to see any more of Tom Brady's shots. I don't need to see any more of Peyton Manning's shots. Like, we saw them on the front nine. We got plenty of them. would stuffing just died, irons, baby. No, I love it, for sure. And, and show all those. I get it. But if it was – if you could have focused on a Tiger versus Phil match for the last five holes and then just showed the highlights of, of Peyton and Tom Brady, that's kind of what I thought would have been more more fitting.
0: Interesting. Now, do you think that other people would have been more compelling to watch besides Brady and Manning?
1: Yeah, I have, I've got a list. So Tell me. Peyton Manning is on top of my list. He, he's earned an invite. He's earned a lifetime exemption into right. the thing. He, Congrats, he, he, Peyton. He, like, great. Steph Curry, man. He's got ah. a, he's got an official world golf ranking. Get him in there. Tony Romo. He's got an official work offering. Get him in there. Um, I thought, given the timing of all of this, I'm sure that there was no coordination, which I get. I don't, I don't blame people. But the timing of all of this and the end of the Jordan docu-series, it would have been awesome to have Jordan in there with all of his competitiveness. Like, Jordan and Manning or Jordan and Brady and, and Tiger and Phil, like, that would have been awesome. Um, so Much maybe next time.
0: Much speculation after the last dance of how good of a golfer Jordan is, a bunch of people have asked me how good of a golfer I think Jordan is. And my take on it is Jordan swings like a guy who doesn't mind
1: if he loses a lot of money. That's. I feel like I would say Jordan is probably like Tom Brady in the fact that he probably Mm -hmm. carries a single-digit handicap. In reality, that is much closer to my handicap.
0: My buddy told me Jordan played 81 holes one day. 81 holes. I believe it. That's a PGA tour event. And then nine afterwards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that
0: it. sounds exhausting. I walked 18 last weekend. And I'm still tired from it.
1: Oh my God. Uh I'm going to keep going down my list. Yeah. Gronk. I thought it would have been fun. If we're going, <laughs> if we're going with like football bros, I mean, why, why even try to take it seriously? Like, Gronk, I know they mentioned like shotgunning beers, but Gronk would have been actually shotgunning beers in front of the camera, which would have been cool. Uh, Justin Verlander? Just to pause you real quick.
0: Who would be the Gronk counterpart? Like if you had Gronk, I I think maybe David Ortiz would be like if you're going to go like Boston bro, you know, me hit ball far, have good time. I feel like David Ortiz and Gronk would be out there. (laughs) Imagine Phil Mickelson giving David Ortiz a read on, like, a greenside chip shot. Sign me up, brother. Oh, and, like, man. Tiger, like, instructing Gronk that he just has to put, like, a five iron out in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> and Gronk, like, refusing and hitting a driver. Sounds <laughs> extraordinary.
1: Oh, I love it. Uh, Justin Verlander, we know he plays golf. They keep showing his tweets on these things. That would have been nice. Like, to get the ladies involved, Joe. Where's Michelle Wee? Where's Lexi? You know, who else can get involved, get get some ladies out there.
0: Oh, I got it. You get Sue Bird on one team, Megan Rapino.
1: There we go. Wouldn't yeah. that be awesome?
0: The married couple uh, out there. I love it.
1: Alex Morgan is big into golf. She's a uh, she's a golf advocate um for PJ Junior League, which is cool. Barack Obama and Donald oh, Trump. No. Th- tell me that would not <laughs> draw oh some god. viewers in.
0: Oh my god. If you had Barack Obama playing Donald Trump for 18 holes.
1: Wait a minute. What what they're both both known for liking to hit the golf course. First of all, they have nothing else in common.
0: They could could never agree on a venue because Trump would only (laughs) want to do it on one of his properties and Obama would want to do it at not one of his properties. Anywhere else. Could you imagine that meeting between like Turner Sports? Trump's people and Obama's people. Would that be fun? I'd watch.
1: I'd watch. Yeah, I'd tune into that. Tiger, Phil, Obama, and Trump.
0: Okay, who does Trump play with? Patrick Reed. (laughs) By the way, just speaking of Trump, and I'm not going to get into Trump, but for all the golfers out there who want to pull off the white polo, tan pants, red hat look, don't do it. I saw a golfer a couple weekends ago, and I, I, I said to my buddy, hey, who does that look like over there? We both started <laughs> laughing. You're no lo- like, if you are not a Donald Trump supporter and you wear a red ball cap, people are going to assume you're a Trump supporter from one fair way away. That's all I see. He has ruined red caps you cannot wear a red cap anymore
1: it's funny i i wear a red hat running do you really i mean i never i never like thought about this but i have this it's really funny actually like a lincoln lincoln hat uh like the car? Like, yeah lincoln sponsors our work so like i got this this hat and it's just got a big lincoln, like massive lincoln logo on the front and i wear it running because it's super lightweight and also like i don't want to sweat in like a hat that i like and so I just wear this hat running all the time. And since I haven't been able to get a haircut in three months, like I, need to, I need to put something on the You hear spot. that, brother? <laughs> and uh, so I just wear this bright red Lincoln, like massive Lincoln logo hat every time I go for a run.
0: Wait a minute. Since when are you a runner?
1: Um, I, have a, I have a running goal in 2020 that I, that I set as a New Year's resolution.
0: Now, are you running with Ash? Because I know she's
1: cranking out like six-minute miles. She had knee surgery last month, so uh, I'm trying to get I'm trying to make up some ground on her. How is she? She's good. She's fine. Good. Was not not too bad, but she's only she's back to like a mile a day. She's you know I, I can still. Uh, a plus surgery, make surgery.
0: she's already running. <laughs> You're done. You're toast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Do you have anyone else on your list besides former presidents?
1: Uh no that, that was about it. Um wow. I I, did have, I have some other things on my list though.
0: Please you know, my list
1: is done. We we talked about who would we want to play with in the AT and T Pro Am uh, on our last podcast. I feel like today I played eighteen holes with Phil Mickelson. Like I feel like I got the real Phil, the real Phil Mickelson.
0: And how do you feel about that? Because I honestly I thought I would like it, and I did at times, but I was a little bit exhausted by it.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. Like Justin Thomas said it perfectly. Like you ask him, what was it, Charles Barkley? You ask him one question that's just like a simple nonchalant thing and you get this like 10-minute answer. that you-
0: Yeah, there's never going to be a lack of information
1: from Phil Mickelson. Yeah, but you know what? I like it. I mean it is a little bit much, but he's just so excited. I mean at his age, he's been playing professional golf for almost 30 years and he's still so excited about it. Yeah, I mean, you got to tip a cap to the guy, so I got nothing nothing but respect.
0: The best Phil moment is when he knows that he absolutely striped that tee shot on the drivable par four, and it's, like, Mm. descending down, and he's like, oh, I think I got there. Maybe a little too far, though. (laughs) I put a little check on it. That's, like, the best Phil moment, and he's, like, speeding. I've never felt more related to Phil. Then when everyone is like searching for the ball and he's speeding to the green, like, oh, where's this shit? Where is this golf ball? I'm going to see where it is. <laughs> he's so excited.
1: I, I did love that. Yeah. When he's like, I put some check on my driver. My favorite Phil moment was Justin Thomas asks him, like, he's got this green side chip where you just look at it from, from over top. And you're like, oh, it's just a whatever. He's five yards off the green. Just whatever. He's going to chip the ball. And Justin's like, what are you looking at here, Phil? And Phil's like, well, you can see the grass. It's darker up here. That means it's into the great and it's a little bit wet. So I know it's going to get a little bit. So I'm going to take the 60 take my most lost glitch I'm going to put a little bit back on just a little bit back on my stand. I'm going to hit right there. And he was so he described every single thought that went through his head that went into his process to a T. So everybody watching, whether you've played golf for 10 years or never picked up a club could understand exactly what he's trying to do, how high he's trying to hit it, where he's trying to land it, how far it's going to roll out. And then he hits it to, like, six inches, which was incredible, exactly what he just described. And that's when I was like, okay, no matter what happens with Phil, I have nothing but respect for him.
0: Yeah, there's no better moment than when you are explaining something to someone in your group of how you're trying to execute a thing. And then when it's your time to hit that shot, you execute that exact thing. Like, even better than making the shot, you explaining what you're – because you can say, like, oh, I was trying to hit a draw. Like after you hit a draw, and it's like after okay. the fact. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Cool, Joe. You've hit a cut oh, the first oh, set I, I just
1: oh, I just over-cut it. Don't worry. I just I just overcut it. Don't worry about it. Exactly right. No,
0: that was a great moment. We talked about the color of the grass and what he needed to do. I also love the moment where Phil Mickelson like explained to Tom Brady how slow this putt was gonna be from off the green, and Chuck chimes in, he's gonna hit this one off the green, watch this. <laughs> and Brady hits it to like two feet, and then Brian Anderson was like, Nice call, Chuck. Like that whole vibe throughout the whole thing, I really think that could work in regular events. Nick, I have to ask you a question. Do you think you can talk about Precision Pro for ninety seconds to two minutes? It's okay if the answer is no. The answer is yeah. Okay, great.
1: Golf is back. You're back on the golf course. You're out there. You're playing. You're searching for your yardage markers. How far are you? One sixty. 160, One sixty-five. Doesn't matter. Give up the watch. Get your rangefinder. Just get a rangefinder. It's time. Precision Pro makes my golf spy top rated rangefinders. Use promo code at the turn. The name of this podcast, all one word at the turn. You're going to save $20 on any regular priced Precision Pro rangefinder. Or if you find one that you like, it's already on sale. You're gonna save $10 off of that sale price. It's just time to get a range finder. Know your distances to every green, your distances to every layup. Use the Precision Pro RangeFinder, PrecisionPro.com, promo code at the turn, all one word, $20 off any. Full-priced Rangefinder, $10 off any sale. Rangefinder, PrecisionPro.com. So, Nick.
0: Yeah. Do you think this is something that we're going to have another sequel to? Do you think there's going to be the match part
1: three? I think there will be. I I think I can only handle this like once every two years. Oh, you need it's like your writer cup. You need a year off. Yeah. Except for after the writer cup, I never want a year off, but right. Like I said, I mean, I did at the end of the day, enjoy this, but
0: I don't think you I, did. I don't no, think you
1: I enjoyed this. I did. The broadcast was great. I think they pulled it off nicely. It mm-hmm. was, there was a good amount of entertainment. I, I appreciated it. I just, I, or you know what? Put it on in February. When I'm itching for golf, but I can't play. When it's dark, 20 hours a day. But I can't see giving up another 70-degree, beautiful, sunny day in May for this. Really, it, for, for, for two more years. I, I, this, just need, I, I just need to do it on a bad day.
0: Well, what about this particular time that we are in the world where you've been craving some sort of live event at a high level? This didn't, this didn't feel like that to you at all. A little bit, but not a lot.
1: There was some entertainment there. There was definitely some entertainment. But no, I wasn't. If we weren't recording this podcast right now, I probably wouldn't have watched.
0: You wouldn't have wa- Bullshit. I call bullshit on that, Nick. You wouldn't have watched Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods hit golf balls today?
1: I would have. I, I mean, if they would to replay, if I knew it was going to be replayed and I could watch it at like 9 or 10 o'clock at night, I, I would have done that.
0: I watched the. And, third and that round. was another. That was.
1: Uh, sorry, but, but I was almost wondering why they couldn't have tape delayed this. Like, would that have really killed it if they would have aired it at like eight o'clock at night? See, M- M- the answer could be yes. It could be it's not as good, but I don't know.
0: I find that so surprising to hear because you're a West Coast guy. You grew up in Idaho. You even lived in Hawaii for a few years, for God's sakes. And you want your sports events pushed later so you enjoy the late
1: East Coast start times of sports events? I just don't. I just don't like being inside when it's like really nice outside. Like I understand. I just. I just. I, just, I, just I, I never. I never would have been inside for four hours from two to six p.m. I mean, really, I thought the thing started at two. It started at four, so I, I was inside on my couch from basically two to eight. Well, on a beautiful day,
0: how much of your resentment of this event lies in the fact that you texted me at approximately 10 a.m. Pacific time saying you're going to play a Twilight nine and then realized you could not play that Twilight nine.
1: Well, that's just more of a of a symptom of a greater of a greater disease of like, I want to be doing anything that I can outside
0: we all during do, baby. this
1: time, you know. We so, all do. sure, I did resent that a little bit. If I could have watched it at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, but then I felt like, okay, now I'm committed. I'm definitely gonna watch it. Now I gotta start drinking beers. Now I'm like a little bit drunk at like four thirty because I've had four IPAs and I haven't really been drinking that much lately, and whatever, you know. And I don't know. I just, I did. I enjoy myself during. That four hours, yes, I did. Is it how I would have wanted my day to go if I had a choice? I probably would not have pulled that idea out of thin air.
0: Okay, well, okay. Most importantly, we are roughly 13 months away from the 2021 Corner Club Open. How's the golf
1: game right now? Uh, I, think, I, would, I think it's safe to say I'm striking it better than I have my entire life.
0: Really? Oh, wow, really? Yeah,
1: I think, I think it's safe to say that.
0: What's the, uh, what's the handicap at? Is that a hostile question?
1: You don't have to say no, on air. No, it's not a hostile question. I started the year 22.0. I am down 21.8. <laughs> That's progress, baby. It is. We are going in the right direction. But, Joe, there's. I look at the scores. I scroll through the last 20 scores. and I look at the, like the eight that are being used. And there are so many on there that like are just waiting to be knocked off.
0: I love looking at the card and just seeing those scores that are like, Oh, you want to go, you got to get out of here. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're no longer going to be eligible very soon. I can't wait for you to leave. Yeah. There's a much better chance. It's
1: going the other direction anytime soon,
0: but well, we have PGA tour golf coming up in just a few weeks. Nick, I don't, it seems as though you've run out of points to make.
1: Yeah, no, that's my whole list. Yeah, no, everything I wanted to talk about.
0: I'm out of my list as well. Thank you so much for listening. To another edition of At the Turn, we'll be back very soon. Do we want to try to get another trivia going? I kind
1: of want to I get do. another trivia I, going. I do, I do. I've, I've been thinking about it, and I just haven't been very active about it. but we, we, I've got some categories. I've got some good stuff for sure. I have some
0: thoughts percolating as well, so we'll get Love one it. of those.: Let's do. It. very soon. Uh, please use promo code at the turn when you're at checkout at Precision Pro Golf. Dot com. Is that is that the URL, Nick? I, I feel like I messed it up. PrecisionProGolf.com. Tough to I catch. imagine it's
1: either PrecisionPro.com. I think it's probably PrecisionPro.com. I mean, like, if you are looking for a Precision Pro laser rangefinder and you can't find it on the internet, that's probably more on you than it is on us.
0: No, we're running a real tight ship right now. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're being safe out there, enjoying the Memorial Day weekend in appropriate fashions. We'll be back very soon with more At The Turn. Good night and good luck.
1: I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time At The Turn.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand